Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the My Little Eater podcast. Today's actually a bonus episode that we are tacking on to the very end of season four, something very special because today we are actually launching a new baby-led feeding meal plan. This is a meal plan that I've had around for quite some time. However, we have revamped it, we have improved it, we have added new recipes, we have changed the format, and you are going to love it. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this meal plan later on in this episode, but it goes perfectly with today's topic, which is really how to make one meal for you and your baby, how to basically have baby-friendly recipes, but that are real family meals that you could just make for the whole family at once. Because I will say that a lot of times parents are overwhelmed by the idea of starting solids and feeding kids because of the fact that they think that they have to cook two or even three separate meals for their family. So let's say you have a toddler at home and you have a baby, plus you've got the adults. A lot of times you're like, okay, well, I've got to cook a meal for me and my husband, or I've got to cook uh, a meal for like certain, you know, kids, and then I've got to do something for the toddler or something for the baby. But that, my friends, is not true. And honestly, it is such hard work. Plus, there is a huge benefit of serving the same meal for the entire family. It helps so much with picky eating. It helps so much with learning how to eat and modeling um, healthy eating in general. So it is a huge, huge benefit. So I am here to tell you that we can make one meal for your entire family, specifically one that your baby can eat. I'm actually not a fan of the idea that there are baby recipes and then there are like adult recipes. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, totally separate categories and that the baby recipes are kind of um, not, I mean, think about this. It's not something that you would ever serve adults if they were coming over for dinner. Do you know what I mean? Like when you, are stuck eating, you know, baby muffins and baby, you know, finger foods and bland foods with no salt at all. There's no flavor, there's no spice, like it does not appeal. Totally not something that you wanna sit down and enjoy with your partner. I mean, that just, I don't know, I find it like, I hate that kind of culture. I'm much more of the mindset that you can just learn how to modify your regular family meals. And that's the whole point. We want our babies to be partaking in the meals we already eat at home. That is going to be the best strategy long-term. And um, it also forces your your baby, I suppose, to be introduced to a lot of different flavors and textures and spices and just combinations of foods that typically aren't found when you look up the typical baby food recipe or baby-friendly recipe, right? You're going to find a lot of the same foods repeated over and over again. We see so much avocado and sweet potato and banana and maybe some eggs. 
and a whole lot of oatmeal, that's another big one, and steamed to the max veggies, like really bland, steamed, mushy vegetables. But you don't see things like lasagnas, and chilies, and meatloafs, and tacos, which are all totally possible to serve to your baby, and again, foods that you would love eating as well. In fact, we want to try and introduce as much variety in food as possible, and as much variety in flavors and in spices as possible, with little repetition to basically prime our baby's taste buds and expose them to the maximum number of foods, especially during this, what we call window of opportunity between about six and nine months of age, when they have a high affinity for accepting new foods and are really learning about new foods. So let's just back up and talk about what does it even mean to have something that's baby friendly? I think the very first thing that we would think of is that it's something that our baby can actually chew and eat. So most of the time, once again, those recipes that you find on Google are gonna be pureed recipes. And that's totally great, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's the only texture your baby can eat. If you know my teachings, you know that babies can handle such an array of textures and types of foods from right at the beginning, actually, from around six months of age when most babies are developmentally ready to start solids. And even if you were starting on purees, what we wanna do is over the period of a few weeks to maybe a couple months, we're gonna be expanding those texture difficulties, we're gonna be thickening up food, we're gonna be mashing food, we're gonna be mincing food, and we're gonna be offering finger foods as well. If you're watching your baby's cues, the majority of babies, unless there is a, a severe developmental delay, are showing signs that they are ready and able to eat finger foods and ready and able to eat more varied and advanced textures textures, and that is going to help prevent picky eating, develop their oral motor skills, um, promote independence at the table, and so much more. So that is the main goal. So when it comes to textures, really the only thing you need to think about is, is the texture soft enough? Doesn't mean it has to be puree, but is it soft enough that it's squishable between your thumb and forefinger? Because that is really the test that you want to use in order to determine if it's safe enough for your baby to eat. And if it is, and there's tons of food, by the way, tons out there that falls within this difficulty level. And if it is, you can serve it to your baby. I will say that a lot of times, again, parents may think that, oh, well, that must just mean like really, really soft or like boiled or very, very well steamed vegetables or very, very soft, maybe even pasta pieces, but they would never think of things like meat or um, fish or chili, lasagna, shawarma, um, even like roast chicken dinners, roast, you know, or maybe even like beef stews. All of these can be safely offered. And of course I go through how to offer all these types of foods very safely inside of my baby led feeding course. You can always find the link for that in the show notes if you are wanting to check that out. But essentially that is what baby friendly means. And if you learn about the skills that babies have starting at six months of age, the types of chews that they develop over even a period of a few weeks, like they really advance quite quickly, they are able to eat so much more than you think. And that also opens up a whole realm of recipes you can be making for your family. So that's one thing. Um, Of course, by the way, you can puree any recipe down to like a thin puree or a thicker puree or even just mash. Uh, 
blended and mashed kind of foods um, that, that you typically have at home and that you eat regularly. It doesn't have to be served in a finger format, especially not within the first few weeks, but I do encourage you to start as soon as your baby shows those signs of readiness, which is usually in, you know, month six, seven, and definitely by month eight. Okay, now the other thing that makes a recipe baby friendly, of course, is going to be that there's no added sugar. So honestly, added sugar is something that is good to avoid for the whole family. So you could technically use the fact that you have a baby that is starting solids. Now is an opportunity to get everybody eating healthier in the home. If you look at a lot of recipes or maybe products that are typically bought a lot of times, especially if it's pre-made, you're going to see um, added sugar in there. And it may not say, you know, sugar in the ingredient list, but it may say things like corn syrup or dextrose or some kind of like sweetener, could be artificial sweetener, could be a natural sweetener. But those, even if they're they're not sugar, but it's an artificial or natural sweetener, that's still gonna A, prime baby's palate to be wanting to, um, to be accepting, I guess, more sweet foods. If that's primarily the type of foods that they're eating or you're eating at home. So that's one thing. But the other thing is that, um, of course, we know that added sugar is not healthy and it's not going to, it's basically going to displace the good calories that we want our babies to get with sugar, which is not great at all for nutrition and for um, your baby's health. It's not providing any benefit And when it comes to starting solids, we really want every bite to count, every bite to be as nutrient-dense as possible. So that is one of the things that, um, of course, if you're you're looking for a baby-friendly recipe, we would have no added sugar. And that includes things like maple syrup um, or even like if you're buying yogurt, like flavored yogurts, that has added sugar in it. Like go for plain options. That is what we want. You can add real fruit to something, but don't add something with like fruit syrup or fruit concentrate or that kind of thing, because that is not actually getting the benefit of the fiber and the whole fruit. It's really just concentrated forms of sugar at the end of the day. Honey is something that you should totally avoid for babies under one for safety purposes, because it does um, pose a risk for developing infant botulism, whether it's pasteurized or not, baked in a baked good or not, avoid honey at all costs. So that's the other thing, of course. And I would say the other thing that makes recipes baby friendly is that it has minimal salt added or no salt added. Now, I will, I'm just gonna put a little disclaimer here. It is very easy everywhere you look when it comes to like looking up information for feeding babies to find information that says things like don't add any salt to your baby's food salt is bad for your baby salt will damage their kidneys etc etc a lot of this information around salt intake and the limits that are placed around salt intake are honestly quite exaggerated and frankly not based on a whole lot of research i have a whole separate podcast episode that's episode 44 that talks about the research and the truth of the matter. I, it's actually an interview with um, registered dietitian nutritionist Lily Nichols, who is amazing and such a thorough researcher. And she talks about what the research actually says. The evidence behind the supposed harm, honestly, is almost entirely lacking or flawed, believe it or not. That being said, we don't want to go crazy with the salt. Obviously, that's also going to prime them to love salty foods in general. Plus, we don't need excess, but we do 
want to, I just want to say it is okay not to stress out if you add some salt to your regular family meals to make it palatable so that everyone can enjoy it. That is not what is harming your baby. It's the processed stuff that's harming your baby. We don't want to be offering pre-made snacks or packaged foods to your baby. If you also look at the types of foods that you're using to make your family meals, are you buying pre-made sauces? Even things like tomato or marinara sauces. Um, you know, be careful of, let's say, the canned products you might bring home. If it's canned fish or canned beans, those are okay to use, but choose ones that are low salt or no salt added. And if they do have some, rinse them well underwater to minimize the amount of salt. So do what you can. And of course, focus on foods that aren't gonna be like potent in the amount of salt that they have. For example, you're not gonna offer your baby olives or at least not as a regular food. It could be once in a very blue moon, but olives or feta cheese, those can be there for taste options, but not as like regular staples because they're going to be so concentrated in salt that really it crowds out again a lot of the opportunity to have salt in other foods just naturally that come about. So I would say, I mean, the guidelines itself say about 400 milligrams of salt per day for babies. That is including the amount they get in breast milk or formula, which basically equates to 200 milligrams specifically from solid foods that they can get. But again, that's not actually based on any research. So if you go over that, don't don't stress, okay? Especially if it's from homemade family meals and you're just doing what you can in general, don't stress about it. If it goes to 300 or 400 milligrams of salt from solid foods, that's okay. You can balance that out with other, you know, low salt foods the next meal or the next day. In general, also, we just know that it's not actually, there's no evidence that it is causing kidney issues or harm for your baby. But, you know, do your best. So that's kind of my quick little spiel about salt. So we do want it, though, to be palatable for you and your whole family. It's way more important that you and your family are sitting down and your baby is included at mealtime and then you're all enjoying the same family meal as much as possible. So that's that. I will also say really quick little tip with salt. Um, I would say the best thing you could do for modifying family meals and reducing salt is skipping condiments as well. So if you're adding like ketchup or if you're adding sour cream or something like that to your meal, then either omit it for baby or you can sub it out with something that's lower in salt. So for example, sour cream, we always sub it with plain Greek yogurt. That is, honestly, we do it for our whole family, every single family member, because we don't really notice a difference in taste. It's delicious, and it's just become a new staple, plus it's way lower in salt. You can also use like a sugar-free ketchup, or for babies, just use like a plain tomato sauce. That is all they need. If you want something for moisture or a little bit of extra flavor on something, add plain tomato sauce instead of like a ketchup. You can also do hummus. You can also do like a homemade tzatziki. So things like that are totally fine, but just, um, again, I think in general, skipping condiments is a great way to reduce salt if you're wondering how to do that for babies. When it comes to baby supplies for starting solids, a good protective bib, a suction plate or bowl, and a good set of utensils are basically the staples. And Bumpkins has them all. Their products are made of 100% food grade silicone with no chemicals or byproducts like other baby products often contain. They're dishwasher safe, totally cute and super colorful and surpass anything else on the market for style and design. Every time I have a gift to get for a new mom, I always go for my favorite of their products. They're dipping spoons for babies that are really new eaters, they're chew utensils for babies eight months and up, or their toddler utensil sets for babies 12 months and up, 
all of them being specifically designed baby forks and knives that are small enough for new eaters to hold and the most ergonomically correct for self-feeding that I've found to date. I also love their bowls and grip dishes, which have silicone lids that stretch over top to make leftover storage a breeze or to make traveling with food super easy. You can now get 15% off of your Bumpkins order using code MYLITTLEEATER15 at checkout. That's 15% off using code MYLITTLEEATER15. Enjoy! Okay, so the other thing that you gotta think about with a family recipe in order to make it baby friendly is you've gotta make it easy for your baby to hold and eat that food. So one of the best ways, if you think about things like a burrito or a burger, a lot of people are like, I can't offer that to my baby. That's not a baby friendly food. But honestly, it is. If you think about deconstructing meals as much as possible when it is complicated or hard to hold, you know, or like very hard to bite into if they don't have teeth or they don't have the chewing skills to physically bite into something, rip a piece off, chew it really well. So you could deconstruct it. So my advice, let's just say you have a burger. Well, that is totally a great food. You could cut that burger into strips and of course, making sure the burger itself is cooked in a really moist, good way. Talk all about that again inside of my toddler's course or my baby course, Um, but you could serve that. You could serve maybe some sliced tomato wedges in a large form that's easy for your baby to pick up versus maybe like you know thinly sliced tomatoes or maybe instead of offering like lettuce because that would be a choking hazard for babies it's not squishable it's hard you need molars to actually chew that down then you might offer something like sauteed spinach like so there may be slight modifications you need to make but overall you could take that meal and just offer that you could also say say like okay I'm not going to offer every component of that meal I'm just going to offer the meat I'm going to offer a little bit of shredded cheese let's say on the side because we're all having cheese on our burgers okay well I'll shred some cheese for baby maybe I'm going to offer um again, like a plain tomato sauce instead of ketchup. And you could also offer some bread. Maybe it's toast because that's easier than like a bun. Or you could toast that bun and give that to your baby. And yes, babies can eat that. Again, Baby led Feeding Course covers all of this and how to feed your baby this stuff safely. So that's one thing. Um, The other thing is like even honestly like burritos on or tor- or tacos those could all be done the exact same way deconstruct it so you have the tortilla the cheese you could have some ground meat you could have some beans you could have some you know cooked veggies all of those can be served in a deconstructed format um any i'm just trying to think even soup that's another one that a lot of people think well that's not a family meal my baby can definitely not eat the soup But you actually can deconstruct that really easily. With soup, what you could do um, is remove the broth or just have very, very little broth in a bowl or on the high chair tray just to like kind of top it, uh, top the ingredients of the soup with it so that it keeps it moist. But just take each of those individual, like what I mean by ingredients, like the individual components of the soup that you might eat like maybe a noodle or a piece of chicken or piece of carrot and just put that right on the high chair tray and allow your baby to pick it up with their pincer grasp if they have it or you can um cut it in really large shapes so you might have like a few pieces of soup uh, of of chicken or a few pieces of carrots in that let's say chicken noodle soup that you keep in there when you're cooking it so that you can pull them out and you can give large pieces to your baby so they could pick it up with their palmer grasp and and then eat it that way so there's modifications you can make but again the meal itself is the same and you're cooking once for the whole family 
The other thing that you can do is if you have rice or any other type of grain that may be hard for your baby to pick up and eat, just simply mix it with a puree. Put it on a spoon. That is easy to eat. Um, Again, no need to think, oh, I gotta blend this up for my baby or I've gotta make a totally separate side or a separate meal. That can be offered. I mentioned this before in terms of like finding details about this in my course, but I will just say quickly, when you are cooking meat for your baby, just make sure it's cooked soft. It's cooked like using certain cooking methods like slow cooker or braising it for a long time. Um, Even if you're roasting or baking certain types of meat, you wanna just be able to choose ones that are really moist. Uh, So a lot of like dark meats, like uh, chicken thighs or chicken drumsticks, that's gonna stay moist, juicy. You're not gonna overcook it but you're definitely gonna cook it at a lower temp for longer so that it stays softer. And that is the type of meat that you can offer your baby. Um, again, always add the juices, like the, the fat, any sauces that are appropriate. Add that on top of the meat to keep it moist and easy to chew and easy to swallow. You can do ground meat for your baby. All of that is totally acceptable. So basically, my take-home message here is you don't have to make specific, soft, simple, bland foods for your baby and then a real meal for you. The adult meal is the baby meal. And what we need to do is just learn how to modify that meal for our baby, for their benefit and ours. And speaking of all of this, this is the perfect leeway to talk about my baby led feeding meal plan revamp. So this meal plan is super comprehensive and it walks you through the first 30 to 60 days of starting solids with meals that the whole family can enjoy. That is the key thing. And so if you think about you know, starting a baby on solids between figuring out what is safe for them to eat, what foods to introduce in what order, keeping up with variety, trying to balance meals so that they're nutritionally complete, and the fact that they need to be low in salt and no added sugar, etc., etc. It's honestly like another full-time job, plus, again, that whole idea that you want them to eat what you're eating. So Thinking of all of that takes so much time. It takes so much time to rejig your weekly meal plan, to track um, you know, what foods have been offered, to track allergen introduction, to find that perfect recipe that doesn't have added sugar, that doesn't have added salt, that everyone wants to eat. I cover it all in this 30 to 60 day meal plan. You have the option of going slower and doing a 60 day plan, or you could do the 30 day one and introduce two meals at a time and just rip through a whole bunch of allergy introductions. It's totally up to you, but the meal plan gives you so much ideas for variety. It gives you clear instructions on what foods to feed your baby in what order. You can totally let go of the burden of making sure that meals you offer include all of the nutrient needs that your baby needs and it will prevent you from offering the same foods on repeat. So the revamp has so many new recipes, you're gonna love it. I get so many messages every single day about how the meal plan has been a life changer for people. So if you want to just have all of that at the tip of your fingers, check out the meal plan. It is only $29, it's a steal. And like I said, you get actually over 80 recipes. So good. So check that link out in the bio. Um, I hope that you love it and I hope that you start to embrace the idea of serving one meal for your whole family. Trust me, this is gonna go such a long way um, into toddlerhood when your baby turns into a toddler as well to preventing picky eating because catering and serving separate meals only makes picky eating worse, but that's another podcast episode for another day. So for now, I wanna leave you with a big thank you. Thank you for supporting the podcast, for 
tuning into season four, and I'm so excited to be back in a few more weeks with season five and a whole new set of episodes just for you that I know you're going to love. Thanks so much, and I will talk to you then. Bye.